Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome back to uh, Evolution Revolution, episode number two. This is uh, Willie Boy, uh, and uh, been doing a lot of thinking between episode one and now, and uh, it's all sort of coming together. But I thought I would uh, give a little history as to how I got to where I am now, and uh, and that will help me orient myself to uh, what I'm going to do with this podcast and. Uh, what you can expect from it if, if you're going to listen to it. Um, anyway, going back a couple of years ago, I was working as a uh, social media warrior for a project called Convention of States. And that was a project that uh, took advantage of art, Article 5 of the Constitution, in particular Section 2 of the Constitution, to rein in the federal government, which is obviously out of control. And the with Article 5... Part one, it empowers the Senate um, to uh, get together senators, 38% of them, 38 senators in 38 states to get together and uh, draft changes to the Constitution based on uh, problems that arose that the Founding Fathers couldn't anticipate. Well, Section 2 says that, uh, well, what if the government itself is corrupt? Uh, then what's the remedy for we the people? And well... The remedy is a convention of the states, the state legislatures, state governments appoint people to represent their state in a convention where they talk about uh, what to do about the out of control federal government. And I did that uh, as a social media warrior, warrior for about a year and uh, happy to say the project is still ongoing, albeit uh, much slower than I had anticipated. Um, and I think eventually, actually, it, it, it may be successful, but there's so many problems that came in between that uh, went on the back burner with the state governments. And as of now, I believe there's 15 states have decided they would do this. But it has to get to 38 states before the convention would actually happen. So I did it for a while. And... Um, in the process of doing that, I realized that uh, there was something going on with the uh, the government um, in that uh, it looked like somebody was trying to uh, do a swapped coup from the inside. And uh, the couple of people that I followed, reporters, podcasters, um, mentioned it, but nobody else did. And of course, nothing was in the news, but it just struck me as being strange. And I thought, well... Um, I guess I'll do a podcast, and uh, I'll do a podcast uh, attempting to expose the uh, the deep state. As 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 I saw it at the time, it, it was a huge problem, an ongoing problem, and of course, it's still a problem. So I did that, and maybe two years or so, and. Uh, there's a guy named Victor Davis Hansen who works out of Stanford and the Hoover Institution. And uh, he wrote a op-ed and he said that the, uh, the coup was w failed. It wasn't going to succeed. And uh, so I did my last podcast, which, which was titled um, Autopsy for a Dead Coup. So at that point in time, I was pretty confident that um, there wasn't going to be a coup. And of course... I had little effect on it, but I felt like I did what I could, and uh, that 
most likely since everybody was committed to this Russia, Russia conspiracy on the Democratic side, it was going to be just endless, endless talk about impeachment for the next year or so and like how boring. So, um, so I lost interest in uh, podcasting about this deep, deep state. And uh, about that time, I uh, discovered through uh, friends that uh, Marianne Williamson was uh, going to run for president. And wow, it took me uh, a short amount of time to investigate Marianne and d discover that uh, uh, she was my candidate and that was going to help her get elected. And how was I going to do that? Well, as a social media warrior, because that's what I knew how to do. So I signed up with the Marianne Williamson campaign as a social media warrior. And um, that's where I uh, came up with the idea of uh, something called collective evolution. Actually, it wasn't my idea. I discovered somebody else's idea that made total sense to me, and that other person was uh, uh, a Canadian who has a website in, uh, in Canada, and his name is Joe Martino, and he's been working on this uh, collective evolution thing for uh, uh, 10 years now. And uh, so I was going to use the concept of collective education to evolution to um, prepare uh, future voters uh, to think independently and then once they did that they could they could only vote for Mary and Williamson because uh, when they learned to think of themselves there was no other no other reasonable choice in my mind anyway and did I think that Mary and Williamson could uh, win um, no I didn't didn't but I, I did believe that it would start a, uh, a movement actually it's several movements now that couldn't be stopped. And uh, so that's how I got onto working for Marianne Williamson. And well, lo and behold, uh, she didn't win for many reasons, uh, largely because uh, uh, she didn't ran out of money. One amazing thing uh, about Joe Martino was that uh, after 10 years of uh, his uh, website and his podcasting, he was reporting on deep state stuff that w was within weeks behind what I was doing. So it's like he was finding out the same things um, from the perspective of a Canadian not being part of the government, not voting in American uh, elections, whatever. So like suddenly uh, this guy and I are in sync after uh, 10 years remarkably. And... Uh, so that's how I really got into uh, wanting to promote his concepts and implementing them uh, in service to, uh, well, Marianne Williamson at first, but Marianne Williamson's uh, campaign came to an end, and what do I do next? Well, around the same time, I uh, meet somebody who, uh, as it turns out, became my uh, life coach. A, a very unusual life coach and very unusual life coaching methods. And uh, uh, so that was going to help me to uh, figure out, like, what do I do next? And um, this person is a, uh, does transformational psycho spiritual coaching, and she specializes in 
life recovery and self-discovery. And so I, through uh, working with her, you know, got much clearer on who I was. And, uh, and when it came time to uh, figure out what I was going to do, it, it was like instantaneous. Uh, I'm going to be, become a life coach because uh, I saw how powerful her methods were. Uh, per personally experienced how powerful her methods were. And uh, it also, um, you know, fit into a lifelong interest in mine of doing psychotherapy or counseling that I gave up because I wanted to make steady money in the computer business. And so I ended, that then ended up being my career. So here I am with a new career, um, psycho-spiritual transformational coaching. And uh, I'm in the process of finishing school to become certified to do that. So I'll be doing that in the near future. And I'll be using this podcast to um, put out information uh, for current and future clients about uh, what the what it's all about, how it works, and uh, information that might help them in their struggle for their own identity, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, so I'll be podcasting about transformational psycho-spiritual coaching in general. And also I'm going to be uh, pursuing, continue to pursue my collective education project. And as part of that, I... Um, uh, it occurred to me that having used Facebook and Twitter on the Marianne campaign, that there's certain drawbacks to both of those, and it's become obvious what the drawback is for Twitter now that Twitter has decided to start uh, fact-checking President Trump's tweets. Big mistake. Like, the, he's now at war with the government, and uh, that ain't going to be good for Twitter. But anyway, so I... I, uh, as part of my collective uh, evolution project, I'm going to be researching better platforms for uh, where this network is going to grow. Because the idea is that you use technology to, to grow this network, and it didn't exist before. To uh, you know, a network of people who are becoming enlightened and evolving and uh, want to connect with other people doing the same thing to acquire you know, the power of uh, numbers. And uh, so I'm going to be, uh, uh, in future podcasts, looks like at this point, going to be uh, exploring platforms, alternatives to Facebook and Twitter, and two of those that I've started working on are called Mastodon, and uh, which is an open source project that means anybody can contribute to writing the code, which I may or may not do. And uh, the other one is Minds, which I've been a member of for about six months. And that shows real promise for uh, a lot of spiritual people being attracted to it and uh, to using it as a platform for various and sundry spiritual projects. So I'm going to be looking into those and uh, doing some podcasting about those um, in the future. Um, but what I'd like to... Uh, play uh, now on this podcast is Joe Martino's uh, description of the, the core essence of what it is he's, he's all about in terms of collective evolution and how it works and, and how the collective CE protocol came to be. And uh, I must say that I share pretty much his vision and uh, going to be helping to promote it. So uh, here's a, an explanation of the essence of it by the founder, Joe Martino.
Welcome to another episode of the Collective Evolution Show. Thanks again so much for tuning in and listening to this podcast. In this particular episode, we're going to be talking about the sort of core underlying formula that I'm particularly extremely passionate about uh, developing over the past uh, 10 years when it comes to the work that we do here at Collective Evolution and how I've recognized that there's a process to which people can often go through an awakening and there appears to be specific ingredients involved in that awakening process. And we've looked at that, identified that and said, how can we develop our content and develop course materials and develop uh, systems by which people can help themselves move through this process, not only on an individual level, but on a collective level, i.e., we're creating various pieces of content that are helping to move the collective along through a process of truly shifting our consciousness. And that process is something we call the C protocol, which is ultimately like a series of ideas, if you will, that are core concepts that we not only inject into the media that we do, but also it's sort of the underlying process that we help put people through when we create all forms of content that we're doing. So in this episode, we're going to be going through, you know, from start to finish that particular protocol. This is, in my view, this is high, high potent stuff. Like this is some of the most important work that I feel like I've ever done when it comes to uh, the work of through collective evolution and all that sort of stuff. So if you want to understand what we're doing in a lot more detail and really understand what it's going to take to get humanity to shift, how we're going to create the state of being necessary to create a shift in consciousness, then be sure to tune in to this podcast in its entirety because it's a good one. Okay, welcome to the CE Protocol. I'm Joe Martino, the founder of Collective Evolution. I'm going to talk a little bit about what the protocol is because it's a, you know, you might be wondering, what do you mean a protocol? What's going on? What's this about? It's actually really simple. The purpose of this protocol is to create the state of being and the state of understanding within people to be able to create a shift necessary to make our world a place where we can truly thrive, right? The reality is, is we all know that there's something going on in our world. There's something changing. We're in a time of transition. But further to that, we're recognizing that a lot of the things that are playing out in our world are not quite what we thought. And this, it brings up a whole bunch of questions. What's actually going on with corruption? What's actually going on within politics, within our economy? What's this spiritual sense, this conscious sense of myself that's starting to come up that I'm starting to get clear on? How do I make sense of it all? And how does it all play in to actually making an impact and changing our world out there? The reality is we need to create a shift in consciousness if we want to implement a world that includes meaningful change. So i.e. not minute changes that are made here and there where the world stays exactly the way it is. We need to get to a point where we're really understanding and creating the necessary state of being for us to implement this change in a meaningful way. So this protocol is ultimately broken down into steps. This is stuff that we've been using for years within our media. We've identified a key journey that people often go on, that the collective seems to respond to. 
where through this journey, there's foreign key ingredients, if you will, that help create that necessary shift in a person in their personal life so that they can see the world clearly and begin solving the challenges of our personal lives and of our external collective lives from a new state of being in a new state of consciousness. And so that's what this protocol is, is it's talking about the various ingredients. Now, these four steps or these four pieces to the puzzle, we've been putting into our media, into our work, into our courses, into stuff we do on CETV for a long time, right? We've kind of really whittled this down and honed it down into something that's very, very clear. And it's something that all people can grasp and say, okay, I see a somewhat of a clear process of how we can move things forward. And it's less about following everything, oh, there's a thing you have to follow exact, and it's more about understanding the key concepts behind it. So that's the context of what this is about. So let's get into breaking the illusion, which is the first part of this entire thing. So the reality of the situation is, is many of us, as we look out at our world, we see something that is there and we believe in it. We think that what government says or what education has taught us or what, um, you know, is the pop culture or what is mainstream ideas around things. We, we, we often believe that and we shape our entire reality based on the beliefs of those particular things. But the question that many of us are starting to ask as the evidence continues to mount is that what we're told about our world, about how it functions, about what's really going on and so forth, whether it's through the media, education, whatever, is not actually what's happening. Or sometimes it's a very limited perspective of what's happening, a reductionist model, a reductionist view of what's happening that doesn't actually include the entire system. Further to that, what we are told about the world that we are living in comes from perspectives of disconnection, of scarcity, of competition with one another, right? We are in a state of being, a state of consciousness that states we're not connected in any way, shape or form, that we all must just operate within our very sterile society that is pulling us apart, that is polarizing us at all times. Everyone is a potential enemy, right? We divide ourselves into political sides and so forth. The stuff we see at the political end that's creating the policy, that's creating the stuff that we do on a daily basis within our lives is oftentimes based on deception, based on manipulation of information and data, based on paying off various politicians or scientific agencies to produce something that will favor politicians but is not actually in benefit of the people. Further to that, the unelected officials that are running our world behind the apparently elected politicians are actually the ones in power that are creating a lot of what's going on in our world that affects our everyday life. But further to that, there's this whole discussion about how because we are stuck in the illusion, right, the idea of being in the matrix, believing that the world is the way people say it is, the positions of power say it is this way, because we believe in that illusion, we don't actually get to clearly see what is going on in our world. Thus, we are living in an illusory world that we're not actually engaged in. And so we kind of go in circles and circles and circles. And when you start looking at this process where people are starting to question things, they're starting to wake up, they're starting to go, okay, something doesn't feel right here, or I'm starting to see corruption all over the place. I'm starting to see that things aren't what I thought they were. The question becomes, we, what are we going to do as we learn this stuff to not just break the illusion on one little detail, but to really understand how this is the basis of the entire system and infrastructures and even our consciousness? 
that is ruling the way our world functions on a regular basis. So ultimately what part of breaking the illusion is, is it's moving out of this sort of robotic state that many of us are operating in and it's programming. There's so much to this process and we talk about this a lot through CE and a lot of the different stuff that we do, but it moves us out of this robotic state where we're just kind of functioning in our lives with our head down, believing everything around us. Our scope of reality is this narrow little view of what's happening and what's going on. And most of the time it is based on manipulation and deception. And this isn't a negative thing. This is about just recognizing what's actually going on. And so we're taking this narrow view and we're expanding it. And suddenly we're seeing more clearly, we're blowing the doors off of the illusion and seeing, okay, that's how our world really functions. Politicians are not working in the best interests of the people. There are a shadow government behind politicians that are creating what's going on. And I believed that the simply the politicians were doing what they were supposed to be doing for the good of the people, but we see that they're not, right? This is part of breaking the illusion. And one of the key details about breaking the illusion, this part of the process, this part of waking up to the truth of what's happening in our world, or at least to the truth of what is not happening in our world, meaning it's not running how we thought it was running, right? We may not know the full truth, but we can start to see what is certainly not true, right? And part of this process and part of the main reasons why breaking the illusion is such an important step is because of the existence of a shadow government. If there was not some form of shadow government or what people might call a shadow elite or secret societies that have been impacting, right? People will look at the CFR, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Bilderberg Group, right? All these various things that for long, long periods of time have been considered conspiracy theories, right? But when you actually look at the evidence that's there and over the last few years, it has become increasingly clear that the existence of these shadow governments or deep states is completely and utterly evident not only in Western culture, but all around the world. There are unelected, shadowy figures, if you will, that are determining how things function in a society. And because of that, there is this degree of manipulation, propaganda, media lies, shaping a public perception, a public opinion about what's going on, thus the extended need for this process of breaking the illusion, beginning to come out of what I call sort of the, the spell that has been cast on us that we're, is not allowing us to see things clearly. And when we break that spell or break that illusion, we can start seeing our world a lot more clearly. And so that is why this is one of the first steps, which is really just allowing ourselves for a second to say, okay, hold on. Let me start questioning my reality and seeing what is actually true, where my beliefs came from and what's actually going on. And that will start to deprogram some of this illusion that has been pushed into us for so many years. So that's step one. So in step two, which is awakening neutrality, what we've done is we've broken the illusion. We started to see that things are not what they are. Now, oftentimes when people recognize that, they move through a process of anger or judgment or just kind of being upset at everything going on out there or the evil elite that are doing these various things that are happening. And we get into this mode where we're upset. And sometimes too, it might even show up where we think that it's actually just one political side that has been deceiving people. And the other political side, for example, is the good side that we now need to move ourselves over to, or we turn this into a battle of good and evil or light versus dark and so forth. Now the challenge with that 
is we begin to continue to shape and look at our actions from very reductive, i.e. very simple, you know, not looking at the chain reaction, not looking at the big picture, not looking at the totality of what's happening, but we just try and find the, the few things to blame so that we can then isolate that thing and maybe take it out or isolate this particular politician and take them out, right? But what neutrality actually does when you awaken that within yourself is it allows you to take a step back. It allows you to pull out of all of the programmings of identity, of politics, of which side I support, of what's right and what's wrong, what good and evil is, and all these things for a second. And you step back and you say, what's actually playing out, right? It moves you into a position of empathy because what you're actually doing then is you're looking at, like, and I'll use a simple analogy here. Let's say you've used a, you're using, you're cooking and you use an oven and you turn on the burner and you, you, you know, you're doing something, la da da and you're not quite paying attention and, you know, you burn yourself and you go, oh, okay, I burned myself, no big deal. I now will pay a little bit closer attention the next time I'm at the oven and so forth. And uh, it's not that the oven is a bad thing and the oven tried to hurt me and la da 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 It's that now you have a greater sense of awareness, a greater understanding that, hey, if I'm not careful, if I don't, you know, maintain my presence and awareness around the oven, I might burn myself, right? Similarly to what we're going on, what's happening right now in our society is that we're starting to realize that there are a ton of potential issues going on. And there are so many factors involved in all of these issues. And if we take a black and white approach, approach to what's going on, i.e. if we were to say, ah, the oven burned me, the oven's bad, get rid of the oven, I'm never cooking in my kitchen again. If we were to take that approach, we would not ever see clearly what is going on and we would never develop a sense of empathy for what's happening. Instead, we would always be doing what we're doing today. We put people call cancel culture. People call, oh, just remove, run away from every potential problem that exists. But when we take a step back and we start looking, hey, there's a ton of different issues in society and there's so many different factors. The reasons why people are doing things are not always just about one small reason, but it's a chain reaction of factors that lead us back to questioning what is the actual core of the issues and challenges that we face today in our society, but also in our state of being as to how we interact with our society. So if we want to make it black and white, which is the current culture of today, it is about pointing out and blaming and victimizing and trying to remove just the little problems without actually looking and empathizing with, through neutrality, all of the different reasons as to why that's actually there, which leads you back to a core. So neutrality is really about taking a step back and seeing the big picture, seeing how you can learn, grow, and evolve from things that are playing out in the world, not just in your, in your personal life, i.e. a relationship or a job or a career where you had something go on, and if you take a step back, you see how you might have actually grown from that situation versus staying fully engaged, judging, being angry, being upset, blaming, holding a grudge for 20, 25 years, holding on to that emotional state and never actually getting beyond it. It's like a, it's an energetic cancer, if you will, that you hold on to forever, just uh, this grudge. And people do that with our society today, always pointing and blaming and blaming and blaming. But from neutrality, you see where our actions have led. You see where our state of being and the choices that we make, you see where that is leading. And thus you can actually get a clear picture as to what the core challenges or the core issues are within our society and within our state of being and thinking. 
so that we can actually begin to change those things and not do so from a standpoint of not seeing things clearly. So inevitably what that means is that we're now taking a step back and when we start to actually get in touch with this state of neutrality, we begin to see there's a connectedness between ourselves, nature, our planet, and everything in our reality. And quantum physics and the study of that has been making an incredibly good case to present the evidence that our reality is indeed all interconnected and that there really is no separation. When we think back to the illusion for a moment, which is the previous step, it suggests that we're currently living in a state of being where we're all completely disconnected. Well, that's just the illusion because when you awaken neutrality and you begin to realize, hey, we are all connected. And when I take a step back and I'm, I stop polarizing everything, whoa, I'm connected to everything. You start opening up to this oneness consciousness that's within everything. And through that state of being, of neutrality, it's that you don't need a set of morals, a set of beliefs, or a set of values to tell you when you're in that state of consciousness what to do because when you recognize the state of connectedness and oneness consciousness that exists within yourself and everything, suddenly your state of consciousness is now creating out of a state of being that says, what's good for me is good for another and what's good for another is good for me. And what I mean by that is, why would I want to hurt somebody else because really that's just hurting me, right? It becomes an automatic. It's not a rule you live by. It's a state of being that suddenly changes the way your actions begin to function. It changes the way you see society. So if you now have that state of being within yourself, how are you suddenly going to make decisions, create systems and infrastructures in the world, right? You start to see how these things change. The core beliefs, the core understandings are no longer based on this illusion, but are based on a different state of being, a different state of connectedness, one that is neutral to all of the various programmings that have been telling us how we need to function within our society, how we need to identify, right? Neutrality is simply about taking a step back through non-judgment and seeing where our actions and our states of being are producing physical manifestations of results in our world. That's really all it's about. And the last kicker to that is that it also allows us to see how we have learned from the actions that we have taken over the course of time, such that we don't see them as so bad and so we have to hold a grudge against them and we have to be angry towards them, but we can see how, okay, that played out such that we can recognize what's going on, we can wake up and we can move forward. Because if we hold on to the anger of the previous systems, of the previous administration, of the previous this or whatever it might be, again, we're still taking that energy, that anger, that energetic cancer, if you will, with us. And we don't want to do that if we want to be in this position of truly thriving, which is what this is about at the end of the day. All right, so now we move on to deprogramming limits. So we understood there was an illusion and that illusion set up a bunch of habits, a bunch of belief systems, a bunch of ideas about how the humans, human experience has to function, how we need to be. It usually programs our own ideas of ourselves, how we need to interact within our relationships, how we need to interact with our world. But again, where did a lot of this stuff come from? Whether it's a trauma-based thing that we've, you know, happened along the way as a result of various factors within our world and within our lives, or whether it's, uh, you know, uh, something we learned in education or learned from our family structure or our friend or mainstream pop culture, most of this stuff is setting up a limitation. It's setting up an idea of 
who we are and what we need to be and what needs to happen and how the world should look. Going back to this narrow view, right, like we talked about before. Deprogramming the limits begins to go to the inner work, right? This is where we take a step and we really focus on the inner work, where we say, I'm not just going to logically understand how one thing led to another, but I'm actually going to face the energy, the stories, the, the stuff that's within myself, right? Which is going to help the collective at the end of the day. But I'm going to face this stuff and really start looking at what limitations, what belief systems, what rules, if you will, have I created in my own life that are based on the illusion, right? If we, if we break the illusion, it's not just simply about, okay, we see that the world is the way it is. We now have to start deprogramming all of the limitations that were set up by that illusion. So if we truly want to free ourselves from that illusory world that we've been convinced to believe. So for example, when you look at uh, oftentimes like the reason for this protocol and a lot of the inspiration behind where it came from was through years of looking at the spiritual community and sort of the you know, truth-seeking community, people that are asking questions that are you know, not really so much on the spiritual side, but that are really just trying to pick apart what's going on in society. And then the spiritual community who's really just all about inner work and meditation and love and light and all these different things. And looking at them both and going, they're, they're separating something that is inherently connected. And so a lot of times what starts to happen is you have, say, the spiritual people who are looking at things, right? Or the people that are more so just inclined with the inner work and think all this other stuff might be negative or might be not worth looking at. They're focused solely on just personal betterment. I'm seeking success or I just want to meditate or I just want stuff to go away or la da 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 And in, in, what that starts to create is an inability to know how to connect seeking higher states of consciousness with the physical world. And in a lot of cases, and I've witnessed this over and over and over again over the years, is even with a lot of high-profile gurus and teachers out there, they'll, they'll, they'll view the world of today, the illusion, right, as something that you fully still have to engage in and do all this stuff and blah, 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 and get, you know, they believe politics is, is the way to go and you got to get out there and you got to vote and you got to get behind the right politician, not the wrong one, and la da 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 But it's, so, so what you start to see is there's a deficiency, if you will, in without connecting the two and seeing clearly what's actually going on, there's not a true awakening in either side. So for example, on the conspiracy side, if you will, or on the truth-seeking side, a lot of times people will see what's going on in our world, right? And then they'll get angry at it. And then it'll be, we need to remove those people. We need to do this. We need to create this change. And we need to, you know, get rid of the elite, get rid of that. And we need to kill them and hang them and put them to justice and get our revenge. Well, that's still the old state of being programmed by the illusion. It's the disconnected state of being that we've been programmed to believe is who we are. And it's not who we are. Because when you wake up to who we truly are and you wake up to the oneness consciousness that connects everything, and you wake up to the true ability that we have to thrive, neither of these things on their own makes any sense. They need to be brought together. And we need to process through the inner work the limitations, the emotions, the anger, the resentment, the traumas, all of this sort of stuff that sets up a belief system as to how we need to act and how we need to solve stuff. I.e., in most cases, we're still trying to solve and make changes in our personal lives and in our actual world through a state of disconnection, through a state of belief systems about what is right and wrong all the time, trying to fight over what's moral and ethical and what values we should follow. But again, where did all of those ideas about our reality come from?
the illusion. In most cases, all of it came from the illusion. So the inner work is a necessary part of this process of waking up, of seeing. Waking up is really about becoming present, becoming conscious of what's playing out within yourself, how it affects the external reality, and then taking it a step further, how the collective is doing this together, right? So it even goes beyond the idea, I'm doing this personal work just for my personal success, just for my personal wealth, just for my personal you know, attainment of material goods so I can enjoy and have a great life. This starts to look at, well, if I'm connected through oneness consciousness and I recognize and I'm in that state of being, then I start going, well, hold on a second. We're in a massive time of transition where this is about reshaping the human experience as a whole. It's not about me just living my own prosperity. This is about reshaping the human experience because that's what we're here to do right now. It doesn't make sense to continue doing what we're doing and all of the chaos that we're seeing, and I call it chaos with asterisks or with the parentheses because it's really what is, the, what is chaos, right? But you start looking at all the stuff that's happening in our external world and it's all just bubbling things up so we can observe and see what's going on because it tells us what's going on within ourselves and what's going on within our collective. And that's really what this is about. So deprogramming the limits is where we start to get into the inner work and start looking at how the illusions and all the belief systems and all the stuff that it set up, all the various traumas, all the stories, all the energy, all the things that we have within ourselves about how the world must function, about who we are, about how we must function and all that sort of stuff. That basically an old state of consciousness, we now deprogram that old state of consciousness. We now let it go so we can move back to our natural state, which is recognizing the connection, right? It's not as though we're removing something and replacing it with a new idea. All we're doing is removing the stories, the illusion. We're removing all of the stuff that took us away from our natural state to begin with i.e. this isn't an additive process of adding new stories, new belief systems, new values. It's a subtractive process of pulling away all the stuff we've been programmed to believe within the illusion such that we can get back to our natural state and in essence evolve our consciousness, right? So that's what this is about when we talk about deprogramming limits. So in one of the final steps here, we start talking about living aligned. So what this really means is through the deprogramming limits and awakening neutrality, we began to awaken to a different state of consciousness. We became more present. We begin to start seeing and connecting with our reality in more of a neutral way. It's less polarized. It's less judgmental. It's less seeing the right and wrong all the time. It's going back to our natural state of seeing, oh, that's how that creates that and that's how that leads to that and so forth and so forth, right? And we're deprogramming the limits of saying, this is how it has to be. This is how it has to function and so forth, right? And now we're living aligned with that state of consciousness that we've just begun developing and that we're you know, really locking in within ourselves. And living aligned now is really the process of seeing how does this new state of consciousness actually then create the world around me. And again, not from the standpoint of just me as an individual, but also connected within a whole and how this is about rewriting and recreating the, the source code, if you will, of how the human experience functions. So living aligned is where we now begin to go, oh, hey, we have a problem over there. We have a challenge over there where we're harming our environment. Well, how do we solve this? Okay, so some people will say, well, we need to change the products to good, clean products and then just keep doing it. 
Well, hold on, that's based on the illusion still, because the illusion suggests that you still need to exist within a world that has this economy, this separation, that there's scarcity, that there isn't inherent abundance within the world, and that we must have an economy with a capitalistic society that is doing things, and if we can just remove the money from the politics, then everything would be okay. Well, hold on a second. All those ideas, systems, and structures were built from the illusion, from a disconnected state of consciousness. So you're not living aligned with a new state of consciousness by just trying to clean up some of the little you know, pieces of trash that are within that system itself. You have to say, hold on a second, now that I'm in a new state of consciousness, what are we capable of within the human experience? What can this actually look like? What within me makes most sense? So you're not saying what's realistic, what will people accept, what is, you know, what is the, what's going to be mainstream okay, right? It's what, what do I really feel is possible? What is humanity truly capable of from this new state of consciousness? You start projecting, you start playing with that world. You start conversing about what is possible within that world. You learn things, you expand, you explore based on the idea of removing the old. You begin to paint a clear picture that says, well, hold on, we have the ability to thrive. We have the automation, the technology, the innovation, the brilliance of the human collective to bring forth incredible solutions to our world. They just don't fit within our current society. They don't fit within our current systems and structures. So do we stop humanity from thriving by saying, well, it's just got to fit within what we're currently doing, so we can't really do that. Or do we stay within that state of consciousness, aligned with it, and said, well, hold on a second, we're here, we can thrive. If we stay connected and we don't revert back into this disconnected me versus you state of consciousness, we have the ability to implement a world where we can truly thrive from top to bottom. When I say top to bottom, I mean the entirety of how our system and society functions. I'm not talking about classes here. I'm saying, you know, whether it's having food and shelter, having, you know, advanced technology, having the ability to clean up our environment, being, being able to continue to allow human innovation to expand us forward and travel the world and do different things and enter different galaxies and whatever it might be. We have the ability to do that. What limits us? Where did the ideas come from? that limits us. Well, it came from the illusion again. So to live aligned is to have to throw out that stuff, paint a picture of what we're truly capable of, and then say to ourselves, okay, we are clear on the picture. We're willing to rewrite our society. However, we're currently in a situation where there's billions of people. And a lot of things are running, food systems, water systems, electricity systems, and so forth, within the ideas of an old world. Thus, there's gotta be a transition. We got to start saying, here's the old world. Here's the world that we want to create, which is not a finite process. It's a, we know we can thrive. That's the basis of it. What this looks like, we continue to co-create. We can continue to expand upon. And we create a system that's fluid, that allows for continual evolution because that's our nature. Our nature is continual evolution, not getting stuck. That's how people feel the way they feel today. They feel stuck. And that's why all this awakening and that's why all this stuff is happening. People are feeling uncomfortable because... The old game is not fulfilling the deeper aspects of our desire to evolve. And it's not out of judgment. It's, okay, we've played this long enough. It's time to move forward. It's time to evolve. And the less we, the more we ignore it, the more we say, no, that's not happening, the more intense it gets so that we can see it. That's really what's going on, right? So 
Once we set up that framework of where we can thrive and how we can thrive and what that looks like, which is really just about reimagining, getting engaged in the process of what we're truly capable of, setting that as this is the base framework of what we want to do. Thrivability, not sustainability, not, okay, we'll do whatever works within this capitalistic society. No, we can thrive. You have that as your framework. Okay, how now do we transition there? And we start applying our consciousness. We start applying our ideas. We start applying our creativity, our innovation. Not based on the old ideas and how it has to be, but from this new state of consciousness. And that's what living aligned looks like. You're living aligned from oneness consciousness. Your relationships shift. The way you view the world shifts. The way you, in the short term, the way you purchase, the way you decide to do things shifts. How you interact with the collective shifts. Thus, the collective will shift over time, right? But we got to be willing to live aligned to those things and not revert back to the old programming that says, well, everything has to just evolve very slowly and very simply. And we have to, you know, people are disconnected. So we need to have money in exchange and all these different things, right? The reality of the situation is, we need to get clear that once the illusion is broken and once we wake up to who we truly are, the characteristics of that state of consciousness are of abundance. It's we have the ability to do whatever we want. We're unleashing creativity. We're unleashing innovation. And we're not putting any man-made barriers that says you can't do that. Because that's what our current system, that's what the illusion does. It says look at all this beautiful creativity and connection that humanity has. Well, Let's put in all these barriers as to why they can and cannot do that. Borders, the economy, uh, how the economy must function, regulation, policy, all these different things that usually are just factors of a limiting debt-based system to begin with, but further to that are just more and more and more and more degrees of separation. The old world, the new world, connection, inherent connection. And with that inherent connection, is a different state of being, is a different state of consciousness. But like we talked about in deprogramming limits, we got to do the inner work to move through this. This is not just a process of engaging with our external world po po uh, politically, by voting, by this, by that. We got to do the inner work because it's all connected. It's all there. And living aligned with that is really, really key. So these protocol steps that we just went through, this is about creating a state of being through which we can actually go about creating the necessary shifts within our world that we all know are possible. This is, a, this is a process of shifting consciousness that doesn't just look at meditation or yoga or seeing the truth of the world. This is understanding the spiritual and metaphysical nature of our journey of evolving the human experience right now. It is all connected. It is not separate. It's all one thing. That is true spirituality. That is that when I say that, I mean, that's the true understanding of the nature of our reality, that our inner consciousness is creating our external world to think that we're going to truly unleash our infinite potential and still use the systems of the old world does not make sense. So that's the uh, rudimentary uh, fundamentals behind uh, collective evolution uh, theory. Simple stuff, eh? Yeah, right. Uh, well, it's implementation of it, there's the rub. So that, that should keep me busy and uh, 
I like being busy. So, so anyway, that's um, the basics. And uh, next week I'm going to uh, at least uh, look into and review an alternative platform called Minds, which I've been using for a while, and uh, other stuff that comes up during the week. But to finish off this podcast, I'll leave you with uh, part two of Joe's uh, CE protocol. Bye-bye. Okay, so the next step to the process is called awakening neutrality. Now, why this is so key in the journey of shifting consciousness as well as inside conscious media, inside what we're doing here at Collective Evolution, is because if we don't look at what we're you know, seeing, understanding, happening in our world from a neutral lens, this means not getting caught up in politics, not getting caught up in all of the devices, divides about race, religion, gender, all these sorts of things that the elite or that people are getting caught up in a big way in. We need to look beyond those things and start understanding what really is causing you know, things to happen the way they are. Why are we actually doing this? And how can we move through the anger, through the frustration, through the judgment of what's taking place and go a little deeper and see it from a neutral standpoint and allow ourselves to understand what aspects of our consciousness is creating this so that we can shift it. If we get caught up in just the emotional aspect of it, meaning if we go from, okay, we see something that's happening in our world, like for example, we learn about a lot of the elite uh, pedophilia and, and child sex trafficking and stuff that's going on in our world. If we look at that, just judge it, just get angry and just wanna fight this, these elite and wanna get mad at them constantly, and we don't ever process and move beyond those emotions. What happens is, is we get stuck in a fear state. Now, us being in a fear state is a very, very important aspect of how the elite keep their power over us. Because when we're in a fear state, when we're in a judgmental state, we're effectively taking our own individual power and we're giving it away to the people or the perpetrators. And we're saying, you have power over us. You control my emotional state. You control everything that's going on in my life. And I stay in this, this mode within myself where I'm constantly hop up on stress and chemicals in my body that are causing all you know, this adrenaline and everything to keep moving forward because I'm, I'm afraid and I'm judgmental and I'm angry. And what that does is it puts us in a state where stress chemicals are moving constantly. And when stress chemicals are moving constantly throughout our body, we begin to get stuck within a frame of mind where we identify solely with being a mind in this body, in this physical world. And when we're identified as that only, we are missing out on the aspects of who we truly are and understanding why we're truly here and how really we're just in a game of roles where we're learning from one another and we're choosing to evolve, right? That's really what we're here for. So when we stay in these states of fear, when we stay in these states of anger, we get locked up in a very limited version of reality. And this is a very, very important tool for the elite because what this does is it allows them to keep pushing and keep dividing and keep controlling and keep doing everything that they're doing because they only have power over us when we give our power up to them through our uncontrolled emotions or, or, or the fact that we're just locking ourselves into the state.
So what this looks like is not saying, oh, we're going to move to neutrality where it's like, oh, well, we just don't care about anything. We sit back and it's like, ah, oh, the elite are doing that. Oh, who cares? I'm neutral about that. It doesn't matter. I don't know. This is the illusion. This is the illusory version of, oh, yeah, you know, that's what neutrality is. What neutrality is is saying, all right, there's the elite. There's the cabal. They're doing what they're doing. It doesn't feel good that they're doing that. We can understand that. But if I stay in the emotion and I judge the crap out of them and I never choose to understand what role we all play in this, right? Because really what you have is in a sense you have the, the, the victimizer and you have the victim in a sense, right? That's the role that's being played. Now, if you remain in a victim state within your life and whatever experience you might have, what you'll notice is that as a victim, you never are empowered because you're staying identified with being oppressed or with being down or with being suppressed. And the more we do that, the more we just want to fight and we want to, you know, or we get into a mode where it's like, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm oppressed, I'm down, you know, I, you know, this, they're doing this to us. The world will never change. You know, it's like, yeah, it always is the way it is. You know, just, we're always down in this state. Whereas if we understand that the cabal is playing a role and the role is actually there to challenge us to find our true empowerment and to evolve beyond the limited states of being in the limited states of emotion that we often lock ourselves into and start actually saying, hey, you know what? We're capable of a lot more. And I see all they're doing is they're playing a role of saying, find your power. Find what it truly means to, to take self-responsibility, to look within yourself and say, you know what, I'm going to take control of my emotions. I'm going to understand what role I play in keeping our world the way it is and how I've limited my beliefs and how I've listened to all these things and, I, and I've confined myself to the small little space of what I think life is. And these people are helping us play that role. They're helping to keep us divided and show what happens when we get really disconnected from one another, right? And our job is to become aware, become self-aware, become self-responsible and come back together and unite. And as we go through that and as we take care and we authentically move through that process from a standpoint of neutrality, i.e. not judging it as, oh, this is so wrong and this is so bad, but saying, I see the role. And you know what? It has no power over me. And we truly begin to do that. What happens is, is we start creating a different frequency within ourselves, within the way we live. The stress chemicals are no longer there. We start moving back into a state of pure potential where anything is possible. And the need for their role begins to diminish. It's like suddenly all of a sudden it's like, you know how like you get over something in your life and suddenly nobody bugs you about it? And it's like, oh, these people used to bug me about this all the time. I was so self-conscious about something. Then I, I moved through being self-conscious about it and suddenly nobody said anything anymore. And the odd person that came along and did say something, you were like, hits you and falls off. It's the same with the elite. It's the same with the cabal. And the more we stayed identified as us versus them, they are the enemy, they are the bad thing, the more we stay confined into the level of consciousness that they're trying to keep us within. We simply have to see what they're doing as just a little obstacle we walk around. Okay, that's what they're doing. I see what's going on. I'm going to evolve beyond that. I'm going to evolve beyond the need for what they're doing. And the way through that is becoming self-responsible, emotionally intelligent, and really seeing the bigger picture aspect, the, the deeper conscious understanding of what their role is showing us and how we've disempowered ourselves and how we've given up our power to governance and to all these different things and how we've become disconnected not only from each other, but from our true selves. And so 
in, in our second setup of, of, of this protocol here, what we really like to focus on within our media is bringing that deeper conscious understanding from the neutral lens that does not get us caught up in politics, that does not get us caught up in all these racial divides and all these gender divides and all of these tools that the elite are using to get us locked in to just being a physical body in, 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 in this world and we're just caught up in that. We're challenging us to break that open, expand our consciousness, and see the world from a bigger state of from a bigger state of uh, of consciousness, from a wider, expanded, more state of consciousness, so that we can understand what's really going on here. So, awakening the neutrality of seeing the world in that way, not getting caught up in all this stuff, and seeing ourselves in that manner is absolutely a necessary part of this entire journey. And so, when we think sometimes that we're really practicing like higher states of consciousness, or we're practicing, um, you know, neutrality, you know, you know, peace and all these sorts of things, but then something happens in the media, whether, you know, someone's making fun of something or all of a sudden we, we lose our shit, we go right back into this like, oh, judgmental, oh, this person, these people are terrible, toxic masculinity and all these people are horrible and Trump this and blah, blah, and all these different things that happen. We're just getting sucked right back into the entire thing. Whereas if we practice neutrality, we see that stuff for what it is. People are disconnected, maybe people are angry, Maybe that's just playing a role to allow us to see something. Maybe we see the levels of disconnection that we have within, you know, aspects of our society, right? You see it for what it is based on each individual case, but you can't see it clearly until you get into that state of emotional intelligence, self-responsibility, and being truly connected to neutrality. So this is a huge step to this process.